Now, what is a Pokemon? <laughs> Cute, cuddly creatures that fight their enemies. <laughs> that become supercharged to fight their enemies. But are they also a work of the devil? <laughs> oh. You know, honestly, in this game, they might be. They might be. <laughs> Some of them look pretty demonic. There's well, well, and they in the lore in the game. They is, yeah, they are like we're gonna. Oh. <laughs> they they pulled a Demi Lovato and said, and then I thought I'm gonna beat this bitch up. <laughs> Welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. I'm Eric Solis. And we are joined yet again today by a special, special guest. Uh, you know his work. You've heard his you've heard his name many a time on the podcast. If you've you literally just Twitter, heard his work, it. actually. So you can't um, even say that you haven't. Yeah, you can't lie. You can't lie unless you the second that you press start, you hit that skip forward 30 seconds button, in which case, so <gasps> Offensive. rude, so nasty, so and so rude, rude what? of you. We, he, we haven't even started, and we're already berating the listener. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, can I just say, actually, that um, I will admit to being someone who skips the intro. <laughs> you you know, the, the music that I wrote, I'm just like, no, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't need to hear Is it Is it kind of like, like like watching yourself in a movie or a TV? You're like, uh, hmm, you know, it's my mm-hmm. gig, but I don't, I'm not here to well, like reap the I, benefits I of... I've never been in a movie or a TV show personally, so I don't, brag. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm humble brag that I've never been on TV. That you've never booked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you already hear his voice. We're joined today by Connor Marsh. Hello. Hi. Connor, it's so good to have you on the pod again. Um, you are a dear friend of the pod. Um, you did our theme music. Uh, we also had you on for... We've had you on twice before. Once just talk about, like... Mm-hmm. I think we talked about, like, gaming and the pandemic. Um, something crazy and random like that. And then we talked about uh, gaming of a pandemic, namely uh, The Last of Us Part Two. See what I did yeah. there? Um, Double feature. Good, good. Which <laughs> makes you the, the first third appearance. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my, my gosh. gosh. I'm so honored. I'm really, really honored. I, I love I love the show. Genuinely, I mean that. That sounds super bitchy and sarcastic, but I didn't mean it that way. I, <laughs> I, I, listen, to it every, I listen to it every week, and I, I think you both have such insightful thoughts on gaming and beyond. Thank you. Thank and you. pop culture and beyond. You, right, of course. <laughs> Connor, you so graciously have stepped in this week because I like a flop, have not played the game that we're talking about this week. So I'm very much looking forward to kicking my feet up and just kind of listening to us uh, talk vigorously about this new Pokemon game. I have a lot to say about it, and I believe Lawrence does as well. Oh, oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I do. Um, I were Here's the thing about this podcast is, like, uh, we historically have been doing, like, news of the week at the beginning and like i'm always like kind of like is that dating us um anyways that's all to say there's news this no week. one's dating me <laughs> <laughs> i went on a date nobody. this week did i tell you i went on a date this week i did tell you eric oh, oh my gosh i'm not gonna talk about it on air it was i'm not gonna talk about it on air <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he just said 
<laughs> Anyways, that's all to say. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I guess the news is um, prescient because it's all kind of revolving around the same thing, which is that um, video game companies are, like, becoming more and more monopolistic and capitalism is encroaching its greedy little paws on everything. Um yeah. We talked about the category like, is category consolidation, is, uh, antitrust. <laughs> um, so yeah, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard for like sixty-eight billion dollars, uh, which was like a, a whole story. Um, there's other podcasts that will tell you a lot more about it, more in depth. Go listen to the Besties episode about it, or Triple Click also did talked about it in their recent episode. They're smarter than us. We had our um our uh, armchair opinions about it. Uh, but this week, uh, Sony was like, no, 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 not to be outdone. You bought our Crash Bandicoot, so now we are buying your Halo, <laughs> sort of. <Yeah. laughs> what a gag. <laughs> but they bought Bungie for like $3.6 billion. Um, which which is crazy because so, so Microsoft owned Bungie. Bungie made Halo. And then Bungie, Bungie leaves Microsoft. Halo. Yeah, and they stopped making Halo, and then they got bought by Activision, and were with Activision with a, for a couple years, mm-hmm. and then split from Activision. Activision Blizzard gets bought by Microsoft, and then Bungie gets bought by, by Sony. It's just, uh, it's it's wild the little the little ping pongy uh, nature of the soul, and everyone's saying, "Oh wow, like this is a response to Activision Blizzard being bought by Microsoft." No, there's no way this was like a thing that happened in the last week. It's not oh, like... Oh, yeah, it's not within the last two <laughs> weeks. But it is just kind of like a larger trend of, like, you know, these video game companies are becoming these, like, mega monoliths that are, like, um, you know, consolidating studios and, like, you know, being like, this is ours, this is going to be our moneymaker now, which is, like, I don't know, disconcerting. Um, oh, oh, it's bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's no, bad. disconcerting and, like, flat-out bad. I mean, I think, I think the only positive we kind of really covered when we talked about it originally, the Activision Blizzard thing, was like, well, I guess it'll mean more, like, games on Game Pass, but even that's not going to be true forever because if Game Pass gets popular enough, it will go the way of Netflix where now suddenly every other video game company has its own separate paid streaming service. But well, and we're also, not there yet. The, the big elephant question in the room is like, when they go make Game Pass more expensive is the thing. Yeah, um, exactly. Which seems... Well, even, that, even that AI EA bundle is like an extra $5. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure Sony's about to come out with... A, there's been rumors that they're going to have some type of Game Pass type situation. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that'll... You know, when that comes out, that'll also be a whole nother thing. I also will say, well, not to sound like... You're a, a not cor- subscribed to the amazing PlayStation Now service? <laughs> oh, you know what? I tried PlayStation Now and I loaded up the first Red Dead Redemption and it was literally like 4P. Ago. The yeah. di- like, I, like yeah. I couldn't I couldn't even see what was happening. It was so blurry. A handful of frames every couple of minutes just to give the, you li- an update. Li- it kind of looked like Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> um... Uh, um <laughs> No, 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 but but not to sound like a corporate apologist, but I will say that what is different about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and Sony buying Bungie is that Bungie is still an independent publisher and Mm -hmm. Sony is not going to oversee their decisions and they've already said that they're going to stay Mm multi-platform. Which is Um, good. Which is good. I mean, you know... I would not necessarily want any of this consolidation to happen, obviously. Unless, you know, there's going to be goods and bads from it. Like, I'm sure the studios are going to be like, yes, we have money now. Oh, my gosh. But um, I do think that it's mostly just because Bungie is knows how to make a 
proper online service live service as they've game. been doing yeah. exactly and sony's like well, and that's we need what to sony doesn't have yeah yeah exactly yeah so you know capitalists yeah. doing their capitalist thing um also speaking of acquisitions uh uh new york times this one's kind of cute um which like again is one of those things where like us hey, the these gamers. things come in threes. These things the, come in threes. Yeah, they do come in threes. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't Nintendo. It was uh, the New York Times. <laughs> uh, and everyone was like, well, R.I.P. Wordle is going to be go the way of the crossword and be locked behind a paywall. Um, you know, and I won't even be able to read a fucking article about <laughs> about Wordle. Um, but, like, I, I, everyone was kind of of the same opinion here where it's like, you know what? Good for Wordle Dude for, you know, getting a few million bucks and getting out while, like, his game was still, like, the biggest <laughs> thing on the planet. Um, and again, I don't know. It's really cool that, like, I've seen people being like, you know what? He he made this game for free just because, like, he wanted to, like, um, you know, stay in touch with his partner and made this for her. Um and now is, you know, making a few million dollars out of it. So good for him. I hope the New York Times doesn't lock it behind. They've said, they've been kind of vague in their wording of being like, Wordle will remain free for the foreseeable future or something weird like that. I don't um, like that. I don't like that speed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust it. Nice. Um, what else do we you... have on our corporate acquisition bingo card for 2022? Um Well, we do know that, that Sony has already said, like some executives said that they are they have more acquisitions coming, coming like to be announced. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone I'm, said Capcom, which would be a gag if they bought Capcom. Well, that's the thing is there's, there's a lot of like smaller third party Japanese publishers like Capcom or Konami that have the rights to a lot of really big IPs. And I think it makes sense more for, so for Sony to buy some of those companies than Microsoft, just because I think a lot of the Japanese gaming companies and the American gaming companies are kind of separated in their, you know, just how their workplace cultures and things. And so I could definitely see a world where Sony buys Konami or Capcom or even like Square Enix. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like, I don't know, how these things continue to shape up throughout the year. It's it's weird being just a, um, a little, little consumer amongst the big tide of mega corporations giving us these good old games um but speaking Do of you good think, old games is pokemon gonna buy digimon um no i mean i feel and like then, and then and then suddenly every digimon becomes a pokemon no no you don't think that's you don't think that's in the cards <laughs> not to uh not to know but you um like an absolute improv flop but I don't know. I think Digimon is uh, happy being its own thing, and I don't think Pokemon is necessarily in the business of stepping into other people's gigs. Um, Pokemon's just kind of in in the business of like of please please like us. We're trying so hard. We're trying really hard, um, and they tried really. <laughs> I, I can't think of a good. Did they? Into this. Can did I, they I, try really hard on well, this one? I can I can, can I can I get can I um give you a segue by announcing that as of two hours ago i have beaten pokemon legends arceus oh did you oh beat it oh you're farther in than me then so no no spoilers yes. but i'm interested to no hear. spoilers what, wait, uh-huh. what was your playtime? what was your um, credits time i rolled credits at 32 hours work which I've done in the past four days, which is stupid. Yeah, this, this game has been out for like 48, so that's, uh-huh. oh, that's quite I've a feat. Oh, I fully got like 20 hours in already. It's, well, um... that's the thing is, it's 
I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll say some negative things about this game later and some positive things, but I will say it is like incredibly addictive. Yeah, absolutely. This is like one of the most like addictive gameplay loops that I've played from a Nintendo game in like a long time. And like, man, oh man, it's really fun. Um, let's get into it. This week we're talking yeah, about Pokemon say Legends. Say the title so I can play Arceus. the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Music's playing now. Work. Man, okay, that was a road, but we got there. Um, <laughs> all right, so Pokemon Legends Arceus, some quick background. Uh, I've been talking about it for weeks, um, for months even, years, uh, at weddings, at graduations, and at funerals. And I still funerals. don't understand what is a Pokemon. What is a Pokemon? Uh, so yeah, this is the latest game in the Pokemon franchise. Um, it's the first uh, action RPG mainline Pokemon game developed by Game Freak, the creators of the Pokemon franchise. Uh, this game is a prequel to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, the best games in the Pokemon franchise. Hello. Which also which also had a re-release um, just a few months ago. Which also had a re-release. And it makes sense. I mean, the first thought I had was like, oh, this is like a prequel prequel. Like, it makes sense why they released the remakes recently because like... It fully, like, I don't know, supposes that you have some knowledge of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, at least. So I thought it was a smart move for them to re-release Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl ahead of this game. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me think that they weren't initially planning to release that game, but as they were developing Arceus, uh, were like, no, I think we need new players to, like, know their history <laughs> when it comes to the Sinnoh region. And, and you've talked before that, like, Pokemon, like, Diamond and Pearl was, like, the first fully 3D Pokemon, even back on the on the DS. Uh, not fully 3D. It was the first one to, like, use, um, like, 3D textures on the DS. Yeah. Um, like, in the overworld. Um, it still had, like, 2D sprites. Um, yeah. It was still, like, a top-down There seems to be game. something interesting about, like, this... This game releasing alongside Arceus, it, what, comparing the two when it comes to the evolution of 3D, in quotes, Pokemon gamers, games, or just seeing how they've evolved. Yeah. Um, especially well, by making a game that is a direct prequel to one of their more classic generations. Yeah, this game is so interesting to talk about because I think it is so in conversation with, like, the history of the franchise in, like, so many ways. Not only with Diamond and Pearl, but kind of, like, just the series as a whole and how it's, like, kind of looking at its um, past and, like daring to take new uh new big swoops because uh, the first thing that you'll notice big if you swoops? like play this game is that the, you go into it and they're like oh they did a breath of the wild <laughs> right it it is it's honestly a little bit shocking like i know we all knew that it was going to be like they're really trying to copy that style mm-hmm. the music in all the trailers sounded so breath of the wildy that you know the open areas kind of mirror the kind of feeling and even some of the Does sound Does it have effects, like a little piano, like a tingly piano, like mm-hmm. as you're going through the, the, the yes. open areas too? Yes. I, I, there's definitely more like straight up music in this than there is in yeah. Breath of the Wild. Some of which is like bizarrely out of place, I find. Like you'll be like wandering around, you know, some mountainside and then there's this like zippy jazz track playing <laughs> and then it just cuts out for like 10 minutes and you only hear nature sounds. It's super bizarre. Well, it's interesting, uh, Connor. Have you did you play the original Diamond and Pearl? Not to be like, are you a real gamer that played the? <laughs> so actually, so actually, this is only the second Pokemon game I've ever played. The first mm-hmm. being Whoa. Sword, oh, like work. two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually pre- kind of a Pokemon newcomer, and 
what you were saying about this being a sequel to Diamond and Pearl, I, I got that as well. Like, I understood that it was a sequel, but I definitely, I could tell I was like, oh, there's some things that are going over my head, I think, in mm-hmm. terms of the lore and stuff. And again, not to spoil things, but as it goes on, it definitely feels like, oh, like this this is definitely related to Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was going to say- And on it feels the... like most most Pokemon games don't really seem to care what knowledge you come to the game with, but this one kind of predisposes that you are like a Pokemon uh, person who has been exposed to it before. Yeah, or Diamond and Pearl, at least specifically. I think, like, it assumes that you have, like, some kind of knowledge. And, like, it's not, like, crucially important, but, uh, mm-hmm. Connor, what I was going to say, though, on the note of, like, the weird jazz music that plays sometimes, it's interesting because, like, all the environments in this game... So this game is set in the Hisui region, which is, like, what the Sinnoh region, the region in Diamond and Pearl, uh, was called thousands of years ago. And so, like, a lot of the landscapes are the same. And I think it does a really cool thing of, like, when you're walking through a certain area, it'll, like, play a, like, uh, capitulation of, like, the original oh. uh, soundtrack from that game. Nice. Um, but does it in kind of, like, a Breath of the wild way where it's, like... This is sort of like that song that I know, but not completely, um, which... That makes you know, more is, sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool because that's also, like, a very Zelda-esque thing to, like, take, you know, like, themes and motifs from, like, uh, other games and, like, using it to, like, play in this a- wild, similar yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that was that note on that. Um, but I guess getting into this game, um, Connor, do you want to describe, I, don't, I guess, like, the basic, like what you're doing here (laughs) yeah so it takes the pokemon formula which normally in pokemon games you know um you're catching them all you're catching monsters and you're going through and defeating gym leaders is kind of like Mm -hmm. the big thing you're doing and earning gym badges Uh, and this game kind of does away with that and says here you're primary mission is to complete a pokedex yeah and which was the a thing first... in like all other pokemon games but was always like a secondary thing and here it's like one of your like primary objectives right and and instead of these kind of like linear pathways through the world you you have several large open regions it's not like a true open world because there are like loading screens between mm-hmm. them but it 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 the areas are fairly expansive and feels open especially as you go through the game and are able to unlock more traversal options it does feel like a more of a world than i think like playing through sword that Mm -hmm. necessarily did yeah um so yeah like you're going through and like completing the pokedex and in previous pokemon games all that entailed was like you catch the pokemon once and then you lock its entry and then you're good um and that catching was through random encounters where you would walk through tall grass and a pokemon would jump out at you and then you fight it with your pokemon and then you weaken it and throw a pokeball and catch it uh this game kind of like it still has that you can still fight pokemon and weaken them and catch them with pokeballs but like a huge like kind of revolutionary thing is that pokemon are just like existing in the over- overworld and you can just like sneak up on them and like use stealth well, tactics to like wasn't catch that them kind of a part of a part of sword and shield too it wasn't as random encounter based yes and no so like sword and shield had the wild area which um was like this openish uh world area that had like overworld sprites uh but it still was just like you walk into the pokemon and it takes you into like a static uh, battle screen right. um, but these battles just happen there's no cutaway to a different screen which was very new for the franchise i've yeah, never seen a game that did very that new and so cool 
Yeah, it's 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 really neat like to physically throw a Pokeball at something, miss, have it notice you, and then like seamlessly go into a battle, yeah. a turn-based battle. Um, yeah. and, and it's, you can uh, like still walk around while while the battle's happening too. Mm-hmm. You can like get different angles and stuff. Yeah, and and if you're in the way of an attack, it'll like knock you down. Yeah, nice. and like cause damage to you too. Because here's the thing: these Pokemon, they're ready to fight. <laughs> vicious girls, vicious, vicious, oh, yeah. vicious girls. They like um, you have to like actively send out a Pokemon to like engage a battle, and if you don't, it's just gonna like attack you and try to kill you. And if it does, then you'll die and like lose all your items. Um, I haven't died because I'm like kind of good at this game or whatever, but <laughs> but I've gotten into some. Into some Sticky situations. Um, I've I've seen the video of like the um the ponyta, like the giant one that like looks at you with red eyes really yeah. fast and will just like start charging at you. Yeah. So there's a bunch of Pokemon like in the op- like in the overworld. Um, and then like there are these uh, and th- their power levels like very wildly. Like there are like standard Pokemon that are like um friendly towards you or scared of you that'll run away. There's like a lot of Pokemon that'll just like engage you in a fight and like come at you and then there are these alpha pokemon which are basically these like territorial uh giant versions of these pokemon that like are super powered and like you really have to be like ready to catch them or ready to get your shit rocked it's wild they're they're really intense i normally when i've been running into alpha pokemon i've only caught like one or two normally i i just try to avoid them and it it is a weird thing of i wouldn't say that this game is like very difficult but it definitely you have to think a little bit more about how you're yeah approaching things like mm-hmm. it, it, it's because some of these pokemon really just can fuck you up so yeah. badly so quickly it is like um, much harder than uh pokemon games in the past like pokemon wild pokemon tend to just deal way more damage for no reason um uh and like we said there's this turn-based approach too where like sometimes your opponent will have like two or three moves in a row and just like totally rock your shit um but yeah it's really fun and engaging to like um think of ways to take down these challenges and like it requires you to use your head in a way that's not just um oh water beats fire grass beats uh, grass beats water etc i mean there still is that but it's not like the main main uh focus yeah and um now that we've kind of laid out a foundation i'm just gonna like say say come out and say that I think this game has a lot of issues. Yeah. And I'm I'm also like incredibly obsessed with it. Like yes. I'm having so much fun with it. Like I'm I, I crave it when I'm not playing it. That's how much I yeah. am enjoying it. <laughs> Sounds like my last date. Wow. <laughs> no, like really, it is it is such an odd sensation to to be playing the game and be like, oh my god, this thing that like this this image on screen is so fucking ugly and <laughs> And, and, and like, it doesn't, like, the sound is not very good. It's, like, the Pokemon still literally use the same sound effects from, like, like, Pikachu's is still from the Game Boy. Like, like, it, it's so odd sounding and it looks ugly and the frame rate is hit or miss to, to mm-hmm. be nice. And I fucking love it. It's so much yeah. fun to play. <laughs> well, yeah. people don't, I mean, famously, Pokemon, the franchise has never been one that people play for the graphics. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, Getting into it, like, graphically, this game is, let's say it, ugly. (laughs) Like a fucking potato on the horizon. Yeah, I do think, well, interestingly, I think the horizon is, like, the the skyboxes are, like, the prettiest part of this game. (laughs) 
for sure (laughs) for sure like that's like it's saving grace um i think this like game is saved a bit a little bit i don't think it's totally saved by it's like art direction because i do think it's kind of going for this like what art direction what is the direction of the art i think it's going for like this kind of like watercolor like storybook look a little bit Um, i i i completely agree i think the shading on some of the trees and and the mountains in the background if when you are not moving the camera if you find the right angle you're like oh this kind of looks like 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 an anime background like yeah like if you squint your eyes a little bit you'd be like oh this is a pretty picture <laughs> yeah well and, <laughs> and like really vibrant is, like, colors too real it's really mm-hmm. colorful which is nice and it also like you know they did they did the breath of the wild thing where the sunsets and the sunrises i think are very lovely mm-hmm. um even though the lighting in this game is not nearly as good as in yeah. breath of the wild and shadows um, are fully just like four blocks <laughs> yeah <pixels>. yeah <laughs> just these little squiggles that look nothing like your character but but it's also like, you know, it, it there is something charming about the visuals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even though it's ugly, it almost feels like it's like it feels like I'm playing like an old GameCube game that I found. Yeah. And so so yeah, it's it's what you said. It doesn't really bother me that much, even though like ob- objectively I sit there and I'm like, oh god, yeah, like my eyes. Though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And I think it's kind of just like, I mean, a testament to the fact that like. You know, some people are like graphics aren't important. Of course, graphics are impor- are important because, like, you know, they're an important part of how we interface with the game. But like that being said, I do think that like gameplay is paramount above that. And like, if you have a good game at its foundation, then like graphics can be secondary. And I think that's yeah. definitely the case here. Um, yeah, I just I don't I it bothers me too much though for this one. Like, and I know that like there are other games where like it's more excusable or it seems like it's part of the intent. But when I'm like. Pokemon is like one of like the most financially profitable franchises on the planet. It all it doesn't make sense to me how why they wouldn't spend more time or that they wouldn't have the resources to do this for a, a game. It just seems this is one of those instances instances where it does seem to come off as lazy or or rushed or just what is the explanation for why you couldn't have done m- more for this? Like where was the time spent elsewhere? I have thoughts, Connor. I think you have thoughts too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that. Well, I understand where where you're coming from, Eric, because I also, I consider myself kind of a graphic snob and I have often mm-hmm. played games where I'm like, oh my God, I don't even want to play this because it does, so doesn't look good. But it, it really is not bothering me with Pokemon and I thought it would because I was really yeah. critical of the trailers originally. Yeah. Um, there, it is, it really does kind of feel like you are like in the world despite it looking so rough because it's just so much more of and like like tactile in what you're doing like the dodge rolling away from the pokemon and throwing the pokeballs and even stuff like you know you can throw out all of your pokemon at once and the pokemon models look pretty good yeah and they're also really like they have great animations too like pokemon seem a lot more alive than they have in any other um pokemon game before like they feel like they're interactive yeah and um uh so I w- even if you're skeptical of the visual presentation, I think it is it it, it could win you over, Aaron, mm-hmm. because it it definitely won me over. Um, and yeah, and I, I I do think context is important here too. I mean, like I've thought a lot about this, and if, I'm not I'm also not trying to sound like a corporate shill for the Pokemon Company, um, whom I think is to is to blame here ultimately. Um, uh, but like I don't know when, and Eric, I know this wasn't like super intentional, but like. 
the hairs on the back of my neck always kind of stand up when people describe it as like lazy or rushed um, because I think of you know I, I think of everything that goes on behind the scenes that we aren't privy to. Uh, specifically, Game Freak is still a relatively small development studio despite being in charge of you know the most lucrative franchise on the face of the planet. Uh, they're a team of about like 150 people, and like for like context, that's, like, that's not much considering. Yeah. This yeah. franchise. Um, Breath of the Wild, by comparison, had, like, 300 people and, like, five years of development. Um, and I don't know how long this game was in development, but assuming that, like, they didn't, like, go gung-ho until after Sword and Shield released, that's, like, a two- or three-year time frame. And so I do think that the blame lies ultimately with the Pokemon company, who is not, like, providing enough resources yeah. to and, Game and, Freak. And that's what I assumed. For, yeah. I, I wasn't coming from a place of, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, game, no. The, the developers at Game Freaks are, like, bad developers. I'm like... And it seems like it's a it's a matter of, like, what we just had. Yeah. Um, the, well, the Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes come out, and now this one, I'm like, it's, it's, it's just an issue of, like, Pokemon feeling more like quantity than quality at this point. Like... Because I look at Arceus and I'm like, if this would have spent maybe like another year in development, I think they could get the graphics, you know, functioning. But as they are now, it almost looking at it looks like a game that's not even totally done still. I, 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 yes, I agree with you, Eric. That being said, I think this, I was honestly genuinely and positively surprised at how much of a step up presentation yeah. wise this is from like Pokemon Sword because mm-hmm. the cutscenes like they're they like they're like directed like you, like there's camera angles and like things and it's you know it it feels so much more like a story than a typical yeah. Pokemon game does um and it is there's something like it it has heart to it which I, yeah. I didn't think Sword really did mm-hmm. Sword felt like a, like for being my first Pokemon game. Yeah, it felt like I had played like 10 Pokemon games and it was my first one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this really this really feels like the the developers at Game Freak, like I can feel them in the in the drawing room being like like we really want to try something different and like yeah. maybe we're not we're not going to quite get there in some aspects of it, but you can feel them trying and I think that goes a long way when you're playing it to 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 it leaving a positive impression ultimately. Yeah, I think you're 100% on the nose there, Connor. Like, I, I think that this game definitely feels like a um, a proof of concept of, like, what the franchise can be in the future. And also just, like, a really solid swing at something new and something fresh that the franchise, like, needed drastically. Um, I think I'd be a lot more critical um, and, you know, feel a lot more negative about the game if, it, if this was, like, a traditional iteration on the mainline Pokemon franchise but since it's just so varied and since the gameplay is so different and since the story is so much more engaging than like a typical pokemon game um you know it's uh it just is a net positive in my mind um lawrence can i ask obviously no spoilers but how far are you in the game i am in the third region uh i just got to the volcano um gotcha gotcha okay so i won't there's a volcano (laughs) i know (laughs) I, I won't spoil anything either, but I will say, you know, I thought the story as the game started was like, you know, it was like standard isekai, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I like fish out of water. And, you know, there wasn't a lot going on, but I thought it was like cute. I will say towards the end of the game, I was like, there were a couple moments where I was genuinely like, like 
oh my gosh, that was like a cool storytelling beat oh, dope. in in this game, Pokemon game, where I wouldn't have expected that ever, you know? There are a couple of moments like that, so I'm excited for you to get to them, and I won't say I won't say anything else about it, but work. Um, I remember feeling that way about um, Sun and Moon, which was the last Pokemon game that I yeah. played for the 3DS, which I really liked a lot because it was one that really did a lot. It did away with the gym system, like the whole leveling up, like the, the just the system of progression was totally changed for this one, and some people didn't like it, but I appreciated it because it was so new for the series and it seems like this this Arceus game is doing a lot that I think I would have wanted from the Pokemon series which is just evolved beyond the regular open world with fights yeah it was interesting I was thinking about Sun and Moon um and your experience with it while I was playing because um Mm -hmm. I think Sun and Moon kind of like laid the groundwork for like let's try something a little different (laughs) and like let's not Mm -hmm. do gyms um and I think that like um it succeeded in like telling a sort of different story, even though it was still kind of following the typical Pokemon formula. And then it felt like they pedaled back with Sword and Shield and then kind of leaned back into that creative spirit of Sun and Moon with this game um, in a way that I think you dig. Um, nice. And we also had um, Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap last year too, which, which in contrast, comparing the environments of those two games, my well, God. It's interesting though. Cause like, I think that there's a lot of like new Pokemon Snap DNA in this too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to, that, that and also Pokemon Go. I mean, we, we can't forget mm-hmm. like that, that oh, was absolutely. the, the girl for the, like the last decade of gaming yeah. even is like girl, Pokemon Go. I still Go, play and Pokemon I see, Go. <laughs> I see Pokemon Go influence even, even in this game that I yeah. haven't played just from the trailers. I'm like, oh yeah, the, the throwing the balls at the Pokemon is so much a part of the, the thing now not just the fighting but the can i can i can i give you my impression of hillary clinton's famous (laughs) please i i have an impression that i like to do um i don't know who created pokemon go but i'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> Thank you. It's so no it's so iconic. Notes. I always forget that she says how we get them to have. <laughs> like that's get such them an inst- to have. <laughs> it's such an interesting, interesting sentence structure she goes for there. Honestly, um, too, I think about like moments that like change the course of human history, <laughs> and I do think that was one of them. No, the yes. speech or Pokemon go the game. That that moment where the the Pokemon go to the polls moment, I do think it is what cost the election. Political fulcrum point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, glad we're all well, on the same page here. I I will say though, like, well, now, they didn't. Well, maybe they did. They didn't have Pokemon go to the polls. So so there's the there's your answer. <laughs> well, maybe I would go. I would Pokemon different. go to the polls now for Pokemon Arceus because I'm really obsessed with it. Um, I, I I wanted to ask you, Lawrence, mm-hmm. how like what your who your starter was and mm. um what your what team makeup is. Yes. Um. So the starters are uh, Cyndaquil from uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Uh, the grass starter is Rowlet from Pokemon Sun and Moon, and the nice. uh, water starter is Oshawott from uh, Pokemon Black and White. Um, I was stuck between Oshawott and uh, Cyndaquil because Oshawott's one of my favorite water starters, and I almost always pick water. Um, for every generation, I almost that's always pick sign. water. That, well, that's energy. that's a gay thing though, because yeah. I also I gravitate towards water, even though I, I have only played one. But 
I, I, I that always, was immediately I'm what a, I went. I've always been a fire starter. You're always a fire girl. Well, I was going to say, I'm always I a water girl. I just mean I'm an arson. I'm always starting fires. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am always a water girl, except for my homeboy, Cyndaquil, who is one of my favorite Pokemon mm. of all time. And so that overrode nice. everything, and I had to pick Cyndaquil. I also picked Cyndaquil, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I, because I gotta be honest, I think Pipple's not that cute. Um, oh. and, and so I couldn't do water. And then Rowlet, I was thinking about it, but I was just feeling, you know, Cyndaquil, I was like, I know this one. I've, I've seen him in the anime. Like, okay, I get it. I, I, I can roll with you. I, I do have he's to He's iconic, confess, I, too. I mean, he's like, he's a, he's an old timer at this point. Uh huh. This, this might be, um, this might cause tension between you and me, Lawrence. But I, I did. I, gonna say. I kept Cyndaquil all the way up through when he evolved into Typhlosion, and then I thought Typhlosion was so ugly. I made what? Him my party. <laughs> I love Typhlosion's new design. I think he's so cool. I think they made him like Ooh, a, cool a little design. stoner kid. Yeah. Um. They like made him look like more like lazy and chill out, and like he has like. <laughs> He looks Perfect. stoned as fuck. <laughs> he looks stoned. Word. And he has like purple flames instead of like his regular like red flames. Um, and they gave him a ghost typing too, which is really cool because he used to be pure that. fire. Um, they did. But no, I, I respect no your new opinion. Types. No what new types say? in this one? No new um, types added, but they uh, gave like, there's a bunch of new forms um, mm-hmm. uh, where basically Pokemon have redesigns and have different typings. Uh, Scyther has a new evolution called Cleavor, which is like a rock bug Pokemon, um, which is really cool. Um, lots of lots of cool additions here. Um, what was I uh, talk about the 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 fighting itself? Because I know they added like um, buffs or something to your moves that, that's new for this one. Yeah, uh, Connor, do you want to explain? Yeah, so basically, there's the normal turn based style. You know, you choose. You you pick a move, the other opposing Pokemon picks a move, et cetera, et cetera. But now there's these options. When your Pokemon masters a move, which I think is basically just once it's used it a bunch of times, mm-hmm. you get the option to do it either normal in, in the Agile style or in the Strong style. And if you pick Agile style, the move will be weaker, but it'll shift the turn order around so you might get another turn sooner. Or you can pick the strong style and the move will land, will do more damage, but you might have a turn farther away as consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which I think nice. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's a neat addition. Um, I think it works well, like, during, like, the alpha Pokemon fights and, like, some trainer battles. But, like, typically I find that, like, uh, you get to a point where you fight wild Pokemon and usually you can just take them down with one strong style move and that kind of, <laughs> that's kind of good. Um uh, but I was yeah. gonna say too, they added a bunch oh. of like other cool. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, sorry, sorry. It's fine. Uh, wait, did you want to say? Did you want to go? No, I was gonna say something not important. <laughs> we're too polite on this podcast. <laughs> we're so nice. We're so 2022 nice. resolution. Now that we're talking about video games again, I think we should actually be more toxic. We should be mean. We should we should yeah, be gamer yeah. bros and be like, oh, I I could be plenty mean about this game. There's there's so <laughs> oh, much bad oh, with it. <laughs> I think we should complain more about it in a bit. Um, but I was gonna oh, say please. another cool thing that they add, that they changed about um, uh, about the fighting system is in older Pokemon games. Um, throughout the history, it's been like you have four moves, and if you want to learn a new move, then you have to like delete one of your old moves and um, 
and you know to make room for the new. Uh, in this game, they do a really cool thing where um, all of the moves that your Pokemon learn get like stored in like a move pool, and you can like go into the menu at any time and change which four moves your Pokemon has. Uh, oh, nice, which That's is really cool because like yeah, it's like wild that they hadn't thought of that before. Um, well, it reminds me. You remember in um, Bowser's Fury um, mm-hmm. how you could like store items for the first time in Mario? You didn't just have to constantly like only be using one. Mm-hmm, very that. I don't. Sounds similar to that. Where I'm like, why could why couldn't we? It would be just so simple to let Pokemon know every move. Uh huh. Yeah, and well, I actually have. I thought the combat is so enjoyable, and I normally mm-hmm. don't really like turn based stuff. But um, and Pokemon is so simple too. I mean, it's kind of meant to be like a beginner's turn-based combat game. I think that's honestly that helps the game flow though so much because mm-hmm. the battles are generally pretty quick, and mm-hmm. because they're more seamless. Like you don't go to a different screen. There's not like loading really between the battles and the open-world gameplay. The it it creates that loop that we were talking about, where it's it you know you get in the field, maybe you're following a main objective but you're also just kind of like oh i see a pokemon over here i'm gonna go catch that oh mm-hmm. i see three more you know and then you go turn in your data that you have collected and then go back out do it again and you know that will get you resources so you can like upgrade things and everything it's just it's just really fun it's a good loop it's also really cool because i have found that i my pokemon have been learning a lot of moves that are not in their types Mm-hmm. And they just I don't I, I don't know how it designates like I think Pokemon maybe just have a list of moves that they learn because they just learn them as you level up, which yeah. also it's so satisfying to see that little icon like your Pokemon level up like every three battles. Yeah. And and so you're just constantly getting this like positive feedback loop of like, oh, the number went up. My brain is happy. You know, yeah, learned a new move. Move mastered. Uh huh. Um, but I, 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 I wasn't really going anywhere with that. Yeah. It's just, no, it's cool. Yeah. It, it's, there's so many like little quality of life things. Um, another thing that I really love is like, um, now it just tells you when your Pokemon is ready to evolve. It doesn't like force evolution upon you. Uh, cause I'm always a person who likes to like, like with my starters in particular, I, I like to keep the base form a little bit longer than like just until level 16. Um, so it's nice to like choose when your Pokemon get to evolve. Um, and it's another, another like satisfying little like brain tick. Um, cause that's what this game is. It's just like silly little Brain tasks, ticks. silly little tasks well, that make the serotonin number go up. <laughs> it's, it's, li- it's, it's literally just little tasks. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm astonished at how fun it is considering that the majority of like the tasks that you're given are like defeat five rowlets, mm-hmm. you know, catch, catch five weasels. Like that's really all you're doing, but it's just, if if you kind of like ignore the specific tasks and just kind of like muck about in the world, you're just constantly making fulfilling tasks and making yeah. progress without even really thinking about it. Um, also, oh my god, Lawrence, did you do the side quest where you have to get a weasel that is two point eight? I wait. What is it? Wait, say that again. Okay, there's a there's a like uh, NPC. So there's like a hub world um, or like a hub city. It's Jubilife Village, which is the precursor to Jubilife City, which is like one of the main cities in Diamond and Pearl. Um, and it's like uh, basically your hub of operations, and it's where you get all your side quests. And one of the like town guards um, has a weasel, uh, this cute little like uh, weasel, water type weasel Pokemon. Um, and he's like, I really want like a big buizel, like a, a buizel that's bigger than mine. Maybe like at least two foot eight. Um, cause that's the thing too. Uh, Pokemon like vary in size. We talked about like the alpha Pokemon, which are huge, but like even the regular variants of Pokemon, like 
have like ranges of size and you can like visually see that some are bigger than the others. And so this nigga wants like a, a weasel that's two foot eight and it is the hardest fucking task in the world. Why is it because I, they're all they're all too small or so many big? of them are like two foot seven. Um, they're the they're in I believe the the Pokemon in the world are there's some random element to their mm-hmm. you know weight and stuff. And I I literally I got that. That was like the first side quest that I got. And I've been playing this game basically nonstop since it came out on Friday. And I only caught that Buizel like right before I beat the game a minute ago. <laughs> it is and it it is just so ridiculous to find that specific type. I I just couldn't do it. And there's there's a couple side quests like that where I've seen people complaining online about like some stuff just doesn't make sense or like the opposite where like I felt super cool when I I was like, "Oh my god, a shiny pony ponita." Um and then it was like, "Oh no, wait, everyone gets that." Yeah. Um which I mean, I I like I do love when a when a Pokémon game like gives you one little shiny as a treat. Um Gold and Silver yeah. always gave you the shiny Gyarados. Um um and shiny Ponyta is a good one. Um I linked I, I I tweeted this video um this this classic YouTube video of a guy finding a shiny Ponyta in his leaf green version. Um and it was like um I don't know. I I wonder like <laughs> if Game Freak was aware of that cuz Shiny Ponyta is a good guy. Um, Lawrence, what what is your um, party makeup right um, now? Right now, I'm trying to think. Um, I have a Cleavor because I like him. Um, I have my Typhlosion. Uh, I've been rocking Yanma. Really love uh, that guy. Um, and then, like, the other three... I tend to... I find that I switch out Pokemon a lot more in this game than I do in other Pokemon games. Um, I have an Alpha Octillery right now that I'm rocking with. Um and a couple others that I can't think off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, what about you? Um, that's a solid party. I mean, I don't know anything about arranging Pokemon types, really, because, you know, I, again, I'm kind of a newbie to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of, you know, I do very basic, like, I'm going to have one electric Pokemon and yeah. one water Pokemon, and I just kind of fill it out that way. And I was running around with... Cyndaquil up through Typhlosion, then I got rid of Cyndaquil. <laughs> and actually, so... Re- so you abandoned so him? As, yes, and but I replaced my Cyndaquil with um that shiny Ponyta, oh, nice. which has now evolved into mm-hmm. a gorgeous, gorgeous Rapidash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Rapidash, I have um, Scyther, I have Pikachu, who I want desperately to evolve into a Raichu. Oh, um, I know how, girl. Oh, how, 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 how? It's, uh... It, you stick it, its it, finger in a socket? No. <laughs> God. Um, it evolves with a Thunderstone. It's one of the, like, stone evolutions. Oh, okay. Mm. That's good to know. So, I, I, I have Raichu, um, and I have this cute little Pokemon called Chimcho? Chimcho? Oh, oh, Chimeco? Um, Chimeco? Chimeco, so, like, Chimeco, like, Wind yes. Chime one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I didn't know how to say the name, but really adorable. <laughs> oh, and that then, one beat then, my ass as a kid. I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Um, I, I will just say I have my, the, my last two party members are redacted because I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, work. Spoiler, spoilers. Kylie Jenner. (laughs) Right. Yes, actually. RuPaul Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 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 what a couple more seasons and we'll have enough drag queens for a Pokemon drag queen spinoff. Oh, probably. Yeah, I like mean, where you cat, where you catch, you catch the queens, and you use them to fight each other. It's like a Pokemon <laughs> game, but all just girls. build a whole Pokedex full of um, drag race. A Rudex, yeah, <laughs> a Rudex. <laughs> um, 
I wanted to talk about the story real quick of this game. Um, you were talking about how, like, it lands pretty hard for you at the end. I thought that even in the beginning, like, I'm picking up on some, like, really interesting things. Again, I really love this idea. So it's an isekai plot, right? Of, like, it's this kid from the modern Pokemon world who, in the beginning of the game, he's falling through a space-time rift and has no memories and has, like, landed in the past with all his, um, with his smartphone and a bunch of modern diseases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so like he has brought been brought back to a world where people and Pokemon have not yet learned to cohabitate. Um, and people are still very much afraid of Pokemon, very righteously so, because like I think this is the first Pokemon game that really like leans into the fact that like these animals are pretty scary and can shoot laser beams at you <laughs> and kill you. Do yeah. they fuck? Do they finally uh, fuck in this one? No, they actually they they fuck in most other Pokemon games. Like you can breed Pokemon in other Pokemon games, but you can't breed them in this game. Anyways, that's but you can't watch. The point. Uh, <laughs> um, I was gonna I was gonna say it is it is a very interesting tone to be like running around Jubilife Village mm-hmm. and be talking to people and 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 they're like, oh, I saw Mister Mime. It was the scariest thing I've ever yeah. seen. I was like, agreed. Was like, right? Well, yeah. It, seriously. <laughs> But no, but it is it is an interesting vibe, and um, I I mean I I do think it is uh like obviously not quite it's not the, the most writing revolutionary is it, story in the world yeah no, mm-hmm. the the writing is not nothing to write home about but it is very charming yeah and, like, and I remember because even even the sun and moon story I remember being really touching I know I keep coming back to that one that's just my most recent experience uh-huh. but you know there's. I think I'm coming off as a Pokemon detractor. I'm not, I don't fucking hate Pokemon. I think I'm just not as uh, in invested in the franchise as some other people mm-hmm. on this podcast, but, but I'm happy. I'm happy that this game seems to like kind of do well in the story department. Cause that to me is like the most boring part. Yeah. I think this game has like really interesting and compelling characters. Like again, not, not like too much depth to any of them, but like enough to be like, I like these little anime kids and I want to like follow yes. the stories and see how things go. Although, Sorry, Irida. What are you wearing? That like she's she's like the booty shorts and the tank top Wait, who? with those I- Irida. She's the the pearl clan. Oh leader. yeah, yeah. It's and, a mess. And she and with those crazy bangles, like she she looks ridiculous, especially next to um oh, Adamant guy's name Adamant, and he's like kind of dope looking. Uh huh. Who fully looks like a character straight out of Demon Slayer, <laughs> like just <laughs> looks like a Demon Slayer character, like um down. Um, there, but there's a lot of style clash that I have found in the game. Like you, yeah. you come in and you land, and you're in like a t-shirt and shorts, which is like whatever, because then you change out of those. But I, for for a Pokemon game that is supposedly set in the past, it they still feel like they they're dressed almost exactly like normal Pokemon characters. It feels it, yeah, it feels like a mix between <laughs> like like a Disney ch- Channel show like tween mm-hmm. outfit and like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, very that. Um, I will say though, I do, I could, I do kind of like the, like some of the, um, outfit and like architecture design choices. Um, so the Hisui slash Sinnoh region is based on the Hokkaido region of Japan. Um, and I was like looking at a couple like Twitter threads of people being like, yeah, they actually took a lot of influence in their like design choices from like the like indigenous Ainu people who like used to live in the Hokkaido region. So like, I thought that was a neat little touch. Hmm. Um, again, just a lot of charm in this game. Um, can I can, speaking of like has it dawned on you because it dawned on me yesterday when I was playing I was like like this we're playing like the the colonials in this yes. or like the colonists <laughs> we're the colonizers in this situation we are coming we are people galaxy team 
who do not belong in the Hisui region. And there's native tribes that live there. And we are coming in to like take over. And the game kind of presents it like, oh my gosh, this is so We're, fun. Yeah, you are kind of doing a colonialism here. Um, it is just kind of tempered by the fact that, again, I think like you as this like outsider to the world, even though you do join this like team of colonizers who do in the future become like antagonists. Like Team Galaxy is like the villain team in the Diamond and Pearl series. I did um, not know that. Yeah. Um, and like Miss Thing, the one who like ups your star rank, she's like... Um, all the characters in this game are, like, the ancestors of, like, characters from Diamond and Pearl. Oh. And Miss Thing, who gives you that stern look, uh, Cylene or something. Um, sure, yeah. Like, her descendant is Cyrus, who is, like, the main antagonist of Diamond and Pearl. Um, oh, my gosh. So, she's she's actually one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. She's she, great. She has... She, and she she's... Out of all of them, she, she has some of the most depth I nice. have found... I, yeah, I, interesting. I don't think I've seen too much of her story yet, but, like, I would figure that she would be an important character just based on, like, who her ancestor is. Um, what was I going to say, though? Um, what was I saying? Oh, you're, you're doing a... You're doing a... Uh, you're doing a... <laughs> a quick little colonialism. colonialism. <laughs> yeah, do you, meet, do you meet Lady Eboshi at any point? <laughs> In the town full um, of lepers? <laughs> um, I was going to say it is, like, kind of just, like tempered by the fact that, like, you are this outsider who is, like, showing the world, like, you can cohabitate with these Pokemon. And, like, uh, they're actually not as scary as you think they are. And, like, you are kind of being a peacemaker in the world, even though the, like, finer details are a little fuzzy of, like, um, you are this outsider who is, like, spreading your land and, like, staking out things. Um, But it is all for the sake of, like, a greater good, I guess. (laughs) Sure. You know, it's Pokemon. Um, And Pokemon games, they've always kind of had, like, an environmentalist sort of bent to them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, um, they're always about, like, uh, cohabitating with nature and being one with yeah. nature and the world. Um, and this game leads like, a lot, yeah. Especially, and I would think for a game that like seems to be so much about like the nat- the the natural setting of, of of Pokemon and like the origins of of what uh, mm-hmm. what what we in our culture know so much about Pokemon. It's cool that this game is kind of taking it, throwing it back now, y'all. Yeah, and like um, again, giving us kind of like a fresh perspective on like the world of humans and Pokemon. It's really interesting. Um, before we wrap, do we want to complain? Do we want to bitch about this yes. game? Yes! <laughs> so I have some complaints. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have some complaints, too. Yeah, do you want to, did, did you want to kick it off? Sure. Um, so, I mean, listen, it is, we already talked about, like, you know, the graphics and stuff. I'm not going to talk about that. I do think that, like, the, the, the controls are not great. You know, mm-hmm. dodging doesn't feel good, and even throwing the pokeballs like of course i'm uh, i'm using the motion controls and i know people don't like motion controls but i like motion controls and i always have them on I've been when i to can try them i haven't been using the gyro controls they don't work very well oh no <laughs> it, it, i <laughs> i often find like my, my cursor on screen just will not be where i want it to be and i have to adjust it with the stick anyway um and i also do think you know the land is like very barren even beyond the graphical thing like the only things that are in the like the world are wild pokemon and like various resources like for you berry to collect. trees and like yeah, or not like a lot veins. of collectibles or like environmental puzzles or anything going on right well that's the annoying thing is that there are a lot of collectibles there's so many little like crafting resources which leads to my main complaint which is that the inventory system is utter dog shit in this game. yes 
Um, it's so fucking annoying. It does the Breath of the Wild thing where you have a limited like inventory, like inv- amount of inventory slots, and then you can expand it by going to this one guy in the village who like. For the first upgrade, he'll charge you a hundred Pokebucks, and then for the next one, it'll be two hundred, and the next one, it'll be five hundred, and it'll just like. Is it called Pokebucks? Um, I, f- I think it is. I forget what the currency is called, but it's a little. Well, they like, hate Pokemon, but they'll name their money after them. Right? What the hell? Hypocrites. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, everyone was. It's, it's just wild how they were like, you know what everyone loved about Breath of the Wild, uh, the limited inventory system that filled up immediately. Because the thing is like. It never feels like enough, regardless of how much you upgrade it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's so much, like, inventory management where you're, like, having to decide, okay, what am I going to put in my, like, storage box and what am I going to take out with me on the field? Um, there aren't, like, enough, like, organization options. Like, there's just one button to, like, organize things. And that also affects, like, um, your little, like, uh, in-world... Um, oh, what, I'm doing this with my fingers... Um, like, you can rotate through, like, your selection of Pokeballs and, like, things that you yes, want to throw. Yes, yes. Y- yeah. Um, the controls it, are very cumbersome. Yeah. Um, it, it I just even... Keep talking. No, sorry. go ahead. I was just going to say it doesn't feel, like, intuitive. Yeah, no. Even even now having put 32 hours into the game, I, I still, even up to the final fight, I was like, okay, and now I press x to switch the things that i'm holding to my pokemon from my items and then i press the triggers to scroll through my pokemon and then i press the other trigger like you know you always have to remind yourself of what to do because there it is needlessly complicated but at the Mm -hmm. same time i don't know what else they would have done necessarily yeah Yeah. It, it seems like a work in progress which i think is kind of just the general feeling i have about this game is that it feels like a like really cool really fun game that i think will hopefully be iterated on in the future and, like, fix a lot of the problems that it has because there's a lot good going for this game. It's just a lot of, like, the smaller details that are still just, like, um, bogging it down. Um, I I agree, and I think that's ultimately why I came down uh, probably a bit more on the positive end than the negative mm-hmm. end on this just because I went in with really low expectations. Oh, so, yeah, like, too, all bro. the... All the bad stuff doesn't really surprise me, and I was surprised by how much good stuff there is. Yeah, in mm-hmm. yeah, it's wild. I like we talked about it earlier, but when this trailer came out, I was like, immediately the reception I feel like on the internet was good. Like people were like, "Oh, this looks really cool." I saw it and I was like, "Girl, I don't know if this is gonna be a good game, y'all." <laughs> too good, to, yeah. too good to be true. Actually, was my feeling. I saw it and I went, "Ooh, that looks ambitious." I yeah. hope they stick the landing. Uh huh. And even like, even up until like three weeks ago, I was like, "Y'all, I don't know if they're gonna stick the landing on this one." I don't know. It's <laughs> seeming kind of rocky. And like, it sounds like they kind of did. And if it's a work in progress, they're still charging sixty dollars for. I think no, so. I- like, just seeing how much fun people have been having with this game, it makes me feel like, okay, I don't just have a pair of rose colored pokemon glasses on like i do think that this is a solid fun to play game that is good yes and i think i mean i i don't regret spending 60 dollars on it and i think compared to a lot of other games that i've played it in the past year it is like the most like minute for minute fun i've mm-hmm. had with the game in a long time yeah yeah nothing has sunk its teeth into me um like this game has uh, for a long time maybe since I don't want to say since Breath of the Wild, but, like, it's giving me, I mean, you know, again, like, it feels kind of trite to compare it to Breath of the Wild, um, uh, since that's so on the nose. But, like, it is, like, activating a lot of those same fun centers that Breath of the Wild had. Um, Sans the, like, 
Breath of the Wild had a lot more, like, discovery joy. Again, this open world is, like, kind of a lot more bland, but, like, just that minute-to-minute gameplay is just so fun and addicting, so. Yeah, I don't know. Any final, any final thoughts you have on the game, Connor? Um, I, I would encourage anyone that is hesitant about it to give it a try, just because I, I was really pleasantly surprised by it, and... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always looking for a game that makes me think about it when I'm not playing it. Yeah. And at least for me, those are kind of few and far between. Like, I play a lot of video games, but very rarely do they, like, put me in a different mindset. And this one did do that despite all of its flaws. So I'm really, really enjoying it. And I hope that the next Pokemon game is, you know like they can take what they've learned from this and just make something even better. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think game freak very much um, was dipping their toe into the water with this one and was being like, let's see if this is going to work. And you know, it it kind of almost reads like they kind of knew this was like a risk. Um, But I think it paid off for them. And I'm hoping that like the success of it, you know, I was speaking about, like, the relationship between Game Freak's short development cycle and how the Pokemon company, I feel, doesn't give them enough resources to, like, uh, develop games of this scope, especially when they're expecting them to turn out games on a yearly basis. Um, I hope this does make them realize, um, with the positive and negative criticism that it's getting, that, like, oh, yeah, something like this really works and really keeps this uh, franchise fresh. Um let's pour more resources and give this the next version of this some more time. So I'm hoping that they do that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, like, uh, regardless of if you've played one or two Pokemon games or none, or have you you've played any of them, I do think that this game is, like, a love letter to the franchise and talks about, um, you know, why Pokemon are so alluring and so charming and why we continue to play these games. And it makes me excited for the future of this game. And Eric, I like honestly do recommend it to you. Like, I know you're. I was like, gonna skeptical. ask, did, did either of you buy this physical? I did. No. <laughs> well, you should let me play it when you're yeah, done with it. I'll let you borrow when when I'm done. Um, which might not be for a while, girl, because there's a lot to Pokemon. That is okay. And so many. I'm not. To I'm catch. not in a rush to play this. But hey, first big video game release of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, at least that we care about. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, also we're we're like a gay video game podcast or whatever. Um, I guess shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Is there gay stuff in this? Oh I, my god, I didn't. Even shiny consider. Pokemon. They're uh, they're othered. They're they're, yeah. they're representative <laughs> of um of uh, queer resistance and resilience and well, scarcity. Honestly. <laughs> The, you know, the main character is derided by a lot of the characters just because they're like, oh, you're from a different you're world. You're so, yeah. you're an outsider. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I obviously Did kind you of jokingly. But yeah, but I was, I saw that and I was like, looking at my little character who had glasses, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like how, how deep and meaningful. Obviously that's a joke, but like, you know. <laughs> It, it, it is. Like, it oh is, my god! I hope Gay for Play asks me on to talk about the queer content in this video game. <laughs> it, well, no, I mean, I, I mean, I do think it, it's a stretch to like relate it to queer concepts, but yeah. it definitely does. Like, th- it does touch at some deeper themes in its mm-hmm. like childish Pokemon way, which I was like pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think there's a level of um, um, absurdity and uh, over the topness to this game that. Has some queer leanings, and I think that you know, and I've, and and looking at the graphics, you can call this camp because they certainly tried. 
<laughs> um, hey, you know, they gave it their all, but you know what? Sometimes the results are mixed and that's camp, baby. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is like, in all other Pokemon games, you go into the tall grass and a Pokemon attack you. But in this game, you go into the tall grass and you attack the Pokemon, which is what? Queering Cruising. Space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Awesome. Should we um take a yeah, take a break and come back now yeah. that we're done with Pokemon? That's Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's only on Switch unless you um pirate it on your PC. Don't do that. Um Don't please don't do that. It's on Switch. Um go buy it. I think it's fun. It's a good game. We'll be back soon with more gay for play. We are back with the more gay for play. We did come up with the episode title over the break. We're dear. We're queer. We're queer. Get used to it. My other, the, the other um, um, joke title that I was thinking for a while was to quote, um, to quote door opener Gia Gun. This is a place for Pokemon legends. Okay, Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh man! But yeah, we're back with more gay for play. Uh, this is our and segment. also also that entire break. By the way, we were still talking about the oh, game. Yeah. We didn't talk about any anything else. Eric, you left to like smoke some. I won't say what. <laughs> <laughs> crack. Smoke some oddish. Crack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Connor and I that just trico. went on about the game. <laughs> when the tree go be way too strong. Gig, gig, gig. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's a that's a better title, actually. I, I will say, so, some of these Pokemon names definitely, like, as someone who's not super familiar with them, uh-huh. they sound like they were high when they made them. Like, for the longest time, I had Sudowoodoo in my party, and I was like, what Sudo-woodo. the fuck is that? Sudowoodoo. Yeah. Like, but do you on. get it, though? No, I don't. It's because Sudowoodoo looks like a tree, but is a rock-type Pokemon and hates water. And so, like, its thing is... Sudowood. Sudowood. Oh, that's... <laughs> Yeah. That's really cool. I didn't realize that actually until I, now. I'm, That's really fun. I'm Sudo shocked. Weirdo. That that is that is flipped my whole. He world looks like a tree, head. but he's not. He's a rock. <laughs> that's oh, really man. good. Well, that's the thing is, I caught him because I was looking for a grass type Pokemon to fill my party, and I caught him. I was like, oh yes, a grass there type. I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? He's a he's like not. He's a rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I love Pokemon. But anyways, enough Pokemon. We've uh, chatted your ear off about these cute, cuddly creatures long enough. Uh, we're here to talk about what else we're gay for other than Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, Connor, since you're our guest, what else are you gay for this week? So I actually have been in a bit of a gaming rut before this, and I was like bouncing around between a lot of different stuff. I wanted to talk talk about two different games, and I'm only ever gay for games because that's the only thing I do in my free time. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the two games that I wanted to talk about, well, one, I played through Near Replicant and Near Automata, Ah. And and honestly, Near Replicant especially reminded me a lot of Pokemon Arceus, or vice versa, oh, rather. The not in terms of necessarily the gameplay mechanics, but the world structure, where it's kind of like mostly just like one village. There's a couple of villages in Near Replicant, but it's like also Near's a very empty world where there's just kind of like creatures mm-hmm. and you're running around. And um, I Automata is way better than Replicant. Um, I have to say, I although still I played Replicant, though I do need to go back and play Replicant because I've only I, played Automata. I, I definitely do don't regret playing it, but I was often bored with it. Mm. Um, which I wasn't really with Automata. 
Um, Interestingly, but, I was bored with Automata. <laughs> oh. I think well, it sounds like Replicants are not going to be your gig then. <laughs> um, but the the game that I really want to talk about is uh, called Jet the Far Shore. Yeah. Which is a... I don't even know what you'd call it. It's a, like... It's, it's a sometimes first person, sometimes you are steering third person from like a bird's eye view, this spaceship. And you're basically playing co- like colonizers. Um, you're a team a of... Again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's this really interesting sci-fi world and you play someone on this team of people who goes to basically another world to find somewhere for their civilization to live. And you're... You, you're exploring it and it is such a confounding game because it's really, really frustrating in a lot of elements. The controls That's what are, I've heard. Yeah, yes. The controls are god awful. Um, it's often like like the tasks are so like like they're so difficult to pull off. The the technical aspects are hit or miss, but it's so it's really enthralling, especially the first I don't know, hour or so of it. Like, I, I, I was, I was convinced I was playing the best game ever made. Like, like I was, I was shocked at how, how moving it was, and how like interesting and wacky it was. It just were really cool visuals, and then you actually like get into the gameplay loop of it, and you're like, oh my god, wait, what's happening? And so I haven't finished it yet, but I, I recommend people check it out maybe if they get it on sale because it do? is i'm gonna check i think it's a game pass gig too if oh. it is if it is you should definitely give it a shot because even if you don't play it through the opening you know bit of it is really really compelling um also i'm not going to talk about this but you mentioned it on last week's podcast where you were talking to becca i did recently watch the tragedy of Macbeth, and it's fantastic Ooh work mm-hmm. i still haven't seen it i don't know why i'm so lazy and haven't watched it um especially after being a film ho for the past month you think i'd be on it um work it's not hey, tell me where he's over it's okay um jet is not on uh game pass at least on pc i don't know if it's on Shoot. game pass for console it might be still worth checking out that's interesting that i had heard a lot about that game and like i remember seeing the trailers and thinking this was really interesting and then hearing that like the controls are kind of confounding and that um it doesn't necessarily stick the landing, but I do love a cool little game that goes for some big swings, regardless of if it hits the mark or not. And the one. music is like outstanding, like Ooh, really, work. really, like orally, it's a stunning experience. Nice. I've had the same setup. I, yeah, people. <laughs> <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> work. Um, Eric, what are you gay for this week? Ooh, I'm gay for. Uh, my handsome new baby boy, the Xbox Series S. Yes, how is she um, treating it you? Finally arrived. Oh, it's so good. I downloaded it, synced up all my data from the Xbox One to my new Xbox Series S, downloaded Forza 5, and just immediately uh, kept playing from where I left off. It's really awesome. Nice. Um, it's a... Uh... It's it's a it's this weird experience this this console generation like coming into it because what I what I like most about it is how like innocuous it is which I feel like is not the thing you would expect like upgrading from like the Wii U to the Switch or the PS3 to the PS4 like Xbox One to Xbox Series S has just been like the simplest process mm-hmm. and yet 
like just the little extra kick of like my games loading you know minutes faster it feels like Um, yeah and being able to quick resume between like three different triple a games it's uh really great and coming into it with uh my subscription that i have now for um game pass i'm basically just bought a console that's already outfitted with like a pretty extensive library of games um so i'm really enjoying it i like I said, I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon 5. I have also gone back now to Forza Horizon 4, which I might like more than 5. Um, it does have okay, a anti-Mexican Lego much? DLC expansion. <laughs> anti-Mexican. Well, I'm not anti-Mexican. I'm just very pro-Lego. Because You're pro-Britain. Lego... Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Pro pro across the pond, you know? Uh what else have I been doing? Oh, I downloaded Kingdom Hearts 3 as like my litmus test because that game famously <laughs> ran like dog shit on my PS4. Mm. Can so I, I download Kingdom Hearts 3 on my Series S and it like is just it looks so good. Can I oh, just say so as good. a listener, as a listener of the podcast, Eric, you say I downloaded Kingdom Hearts like every week. So much. <laughs> like yeah. That's a recurring yeah, theme. It's like the only thing I want to play all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. Oh, I know what, I know what my skills are and what I'm bringing here. It's... Um, a completely useless and unlimited knowledge of Kingdom Hearts information. <laughs> um, and and it's a great it's a great way to I think directly compare for myself of like oh here's a game I played recently let me just download this on the new thing so I can actually see how go, it oh, looks on the new sparkly new box and, and essentially it doesn't look uh, it, it doesn't look fundamentally different I mean and, and that Series S doesn't um, actually scale up to four K it only goes up to twenty one sixty yeah forty one yeah, 1440 yeah, which, by 2160, which, right? Which is essentially 2K, which is fine because I think my TV doesn't even do native 4K anyway. So it's really not visually a big deal. It is just um, a really um, great way to step into this generation where it isn't so much about the console anymore. And I think we're evolving into that. We're leaving the console war generation of gaming and entering what feels more like the the content wars or the platform wars mm-hmm. more than anything. I mean, we talked up top about how the girls are fighting and they're acquiring. <laughs> girls, the girls are acquiring. Uh-huh. But yeah, I remember, Connor, what, like, I think the first time we had you on, on the show, you had just recently gotten a PS5. And I remember you talking about just how, like, Truly just the SSD of, like, being able to, like, load games quickly was just, like, what Game made changer. that, yeah, what made that um, console? In addition to, like, yeah. DualSense, too, which I still I gotta say, I, the girl. Yeah, I recently played through uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and those load times are, like, so fast, I, it was, like, reverse time. Right? <laughs> it's, um, like, because, like, I was playing Forza Horizon 5 and getting used to checking my phone while, like, things were loading, and now I, like, I don't have time to check my phone while I'm playing the game anymore. Yeah. I'm, like, fuck, I'm so much more engaged. <laughs> I will say, Pokemon Legends Arceus surprisingly fast right? load times. Yeah, I was I was so shocked for the Switch, which is so old now. Yeah, yeah, it's not like instantaneous, but it definitely is way shorter Only a than few I seconds, expected yeah. it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I truly like whenever like that little loading screen was like I was like it's like buckling in to like wait for five minutes, but it was pretty quick. Nice. Lawrence, did you oh, say what also- you're geek for? Oh wait, I was gonna. I had one more thing I was gonna say. I've yeah. also really been enjoying playing the um, Rare Replay Collection. Ooh, nice! Uh, which is on Xbox Game Pass, which is just like you know the last twenty years of um, Rareware games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
specifically Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie, which are like two of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. It's I haven't played them in probably since like high school when I still lived at home and had my N64, so I haven't played these games in a while, which is hilarious considering I just bought a next-gen console so I can play <laughs> games from the 90s. But they, uh, also that's Ban- really fun too. Banjo Kazooie is on Switch now. It's on the N sixty four. It is, service. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Which I've not, I've not gone back and played because I the the ones that are on Xbox are like specific remastered versions. I don't know if the ones that are on Switch are like these remastered versions or if no, they're like the original just N64, ports of the N sixty four version, the emulated N sixty four. Yeah, ports. almost that's certainly. Too bad. If there's a better version or a worse version of something, just expect the worst version to be on Switch. On Switch, yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if, it's an, if it's Nintendo, yeah. Wait, speaking of, Eric, I, I'm, it seems like only a matter of time before you get the um, Kingdom Hearts Cloud version on on your Switch system. <laughs> oh my god. I honestly, I, I just want to know how it feels. I kind of want to, yeah. There's a part of me that's morbidly curious about it. Can you do like a trial? I feel like I remember reading you can do like a hour-long trial of, of I something. think they did that with I Control. Know. I don't know. I don't know how okay. it works. Oh, Control. I've been playing Control, too, because that's also one that was really rough on my PS4, and that game is so fun uh, when it <laughs> plays properly. <laughs> um, Lawrence, what is it that you are gay for? Yeah, well, I have mostly entirely been playing Pokemon over this past weekend. Again, the game came out four days ago. I've fully sunk, like, 20 plus hours into it already um it's i would have done more but i went on a date this weekend which i'm not talking about um and also had like a board game night with some friends um which was very nice and cool and i met some cool uh some cool queer gamer folk which was very nice um but uh before pokemon came out i was like listen i've been burning through these two games very slowly and i need to like finish them or else pokemon's going to come out and i'm never going to end uh, end them and those games are Inscription, which I finally finished. Woo! Oh, man, oh, man, what oh a game. What a game. Um, truly so many thoughts. Um, no spoilers, of course, but, like, a game that makes you think about why we play games and, um, you know, how we interface with the medium of video games and how uh, insidious and spooky uh, that can be. And it is just so fucking fun. So many twists and turns. Love, love, I love it. Do an ep- I kind of want to do it. I can almost, I, I almost feel like I can argue a queer argument about the game, and I think we I could think do there's like a queerness a, to a it. Spoilery episode. I... Can I? Can I ask? Um, mm-hmm. and and because I have not had it spoiled for me yet, because I was curious about it. But it's you know, it's not on console. I don't really have a computer mm-hmm. that it's ever plays PC. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you think it's worth trying to stay not spoiled until it eventually maybe comes to console? Here's the th- here's my thought is I don't know if it's gonna come to console. <laughs> Just uh, it seems it is so like well optimized for PC and so much about like the files that exist on your PC and it being a game that exists on your hard drive. It's very Doki Doki Literature Club where it plays around with the fact that it is a file on your computer. <laughs> um, although, so, that get, although that did get a console release though, Doki yes, Doki did get a console. Release. Which will like I yeah. I can see a way that they will like um, work around it. Um, so I could see it honestly because you have a MacBook, right, Connor? Yeah. I could see it coming to Mac before it comes to console, uh, in which case I would recommend, like, playing it on your MacBook, because it is not graphically intensive. Um, okay. Yeah. But I do say remain unspoiled. Um, okay. <laughs> I think that's the move. Um, so I finished that. I also don't know that, I don't know that, like, literally, like, reading the plot of the game would do much, though, because a lot of it is, like, the experience, the experience of is just, like, the sequence the of events game. that you go through in the game that, like, makes it more so than, like, the actual plot details yeah. that happen. 
Um, but yeah, great game. Uh, the other game that I finished is uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PlayStation 5. Woo! Which, oh man, oh man, also loved that game. The ending kind of bummed me out a little bit. <laughs> Connor, I see you yeah. nodding your head in agreement. Um, I do think that the like, writing kind of falls apart a little bit at the end. Um, I don't think the villain makes sense in their motivations. And I like don't... It, it's weird because like... I won't I won't spoil anything ever in my life. JK, I always do. Um, but without spoiling who the villain is, um, they present the villain as someone who Miles can reason with and should, for all intents and purposes, listen to reason. But at the end, just, like, goes full, uh, full rage mode and just doesn't listen to reason for any reason at all. And it just, like, doesn't gel with the story. Um, but that being said, I mean, like, Miles as a character is just so endearing, so great. So many of the characters in that game just feel so full of life. And I just loved, um, you know, seeing the Harlem Spider-Man, uh, you know, protect protecting the city for my people. I just <laughs> really love that. Um, so recommend it entirely. It's also just so wonderful to have a, like, incredibly hyper-polished AAA game that is, like, 10 to 15 hours and, like, is just a nice little experience. Um, it sucks more that those, like, please. yeah, more of those. Like, it sucks that as a culture we like value every game, you know, being worth the price tag of sixty dollars. And I want sixty hours for my sixty dollars because um, Miles Morales. It's like I think forty bucks still um, for like a fifteen ten to fifteen hour experience, and it's just so joyful and so fun to play in every single moment. Combat feels so great. Um, Miles just looks cool. It's a great game. Love yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> I need to play it still. And yeah. yeah, that's a Sony exclusive. So I need to go back yeah. to the PS4 for that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it'll go. It'll be $20 eventually. I'll play it then. Yeah. Woohoo! Man, what an episode. Oh my gosh. So... We talked for a lot oh longer about Pokemon we... than I thought we would. I know. <laughs> Sorry to like talk your ear off about a game that you fully hadn't played. Um... No, I love it. No, no, truly. I'm like glad that I didn't have to do work this week. <laughs> Um, Eric, you honestly, really you you should play it. I do think you should play it. Eric. I do. I will play it. I would like to play it. It's yeah. just not. It's not. It's not the hot ticket for me right now. It is my Xbox Series S and my Game Pass that I am like. Yeah, you have to, a shiny so. new toy that you're playing with yeah. right now that's uh, keeping you busy. But once the Game Pass luster uh, rubs off and you're looking to head back to Daddy Nintendo, he'll be there with. I'll just install Kingdom Hearts three again. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, um, Connor, thank you for joining us. Uh, anything you want to plug or any of your socials you want to plug or anything like that? Um, no, honestly. Work. I, I, <laughs> Slay. I've, That's a power I, move. I, I was ready to be impressed. <laughs> I've, I've, made the, I've made the decision mentally to kind of like decouple myself from feeling the need to promote my social media as like yeah, yeah, yeah. a platform mm-hmm. and just using it for like wanting to keep track of friends and news and stuff. Uh-huh. So um no I no I don't need to share my social media even though I have on this podcast before and I don't need to plug anything. I'm just happy to be here and I always have a lovely time talking to you both. Yeah, thank you so much. Well we are gonna plug. Um <laughs> we're on Twitter and Instagram at Gay for Play Pod. Which is funny that we're plugging it when we're literally so bad at running it. Eric, I told you that I was going to make an Instagram post for our But I'm a Cheerleader episode on Friday and then didn't do it until you made one on <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, but, you know, if you want to stay in touch with us, we'll be there. Um, 
If you want to reach us, have any thoughts about the show, uh, we're, uh, you can email us at gayforplaypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we have a Patreon page, uh, pl- patreon.com slash gayforplaypod if you want to support the show. Yeah. Filmuary is done, but I do think we want to continue talking about movies over on the Patreon. I think that's a good little yeah. uh, little little side ambition for us to have, you know, on the um, thing that actually gives us money. Can can I suggest if you two have not seen it as a gay film to talk about for its positive and negative elements, it's uh, it's a musical called Were the World Mine. I've not heard of this. And it's I've never and, heard of it. And it's it's a it's a it's a musical mu- musical indie movie about um an all boys school's production of a Midsummer Night's Dream and what the only gay kid play it plays Puck and in real life gets Puck's flower and like causes hijinks. Oh wow. Ooh, that's Wait, I dope. think I have wait, say the title again. Were the world mine. Were the world mine. Were the world mine. I have seen this. I thought you said War of the Worlds mine or something oh, no 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 <laughs> no no i remember this and he like gets puck's flower and like starts making like straight people fall in love with yeah them, it's it's definitely whatever it's it, you know it's not the best movie in the world but it definitely seems like something that would be up your alleys nice I'll check it's it cute out. i think I, yeah, I remember seeing that like back in high school i do not remember much about that film what? but i would be open to going back to it yeah i'm excited shakespeare to- kissing boys my kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be, continue to be a little um, film criticista over on our Patreon page. So head over there. We'll have some stuff coming down the pipeline soon. And we're both on Letterboxd now. Shocking. Slay. And GG, Slay. which um, I recommended at the which end. Which I of- downloaded and yeah. I and I need to find you on and add you. Yeah. I yeah truly have barely interfaced with it. But Letterboxd for gaming. That's neat. They're not, they're not, I'm not advertising for them or anything. I'm just saying it because it's a cool little thing. But they should. Yeah. Hey, hey should. if you want to pay us, we're always accepting money, honey. And two ways. Let's get on out of here. Connor, thank you again. This has been an absolute blast. Thank you for um, uh, indulging me on my, uh, my Pokemon ramblings. Oh, thank you for indulging me. I've been desperate to talk about it with somebody. Yes. Thank you for unindulging me. <laughs> Feels good to be undulged for once on this show. Mm-hmm. Okay, work. See y'all later. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Working on that ending. We're gonna figure it out one day. Okay. Uh, I don't know who invented um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, but I'm trying to figure out how we get um, podcast listeners to uh, Pokemon Arc pay us money. <laughs> Really good. Really great. All okay, right, bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our show art is by Nick Adams, and our theme music is by Connor Marsh. I think I've heard of him. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out the episode description for a link to our Patreon page, socials, and more. Until next time, dear listener. Uh-oh. Okay, don't look behind you right now, but there is a giant, angry Pikachu standing behind you, so <laughs> hope you brought some Pokeballs. <laughs> <laughs>